Hi, it's Richard from the Story Walk Podcast. The Story Walk Podcast is composed of real stories that I make up while I am out hiking, snowshoeing, skiing, and backpacking with my children. You may notice background noise during the podcast due to the real nature of recording these stories in the outdoors. Now, on to today's story. Here we are for part four of the Detective Brothers and the Mystery of Hidden Lake. Recall, in the previous three episodes, we heard about how the Detective Brothers were called to investigate some mysterious disappearances of hikers and backpackers at a remote backcountry lake called Hidden Lake. They went out there and there were lots of tents, but nobody there. The first night they heard scary sounds and woke up and all their food had been stolen. They went up to explore Hidden Lake and found a mysterious red bag with all of their food in it. They were about to give up when they heard some sounds behind the waterfall. Then they found a very challenging hidden trail that ended at a rock wall. But at the rock wall, there was an entrance to a cave. They looked inside and the cave was full of diamonds. They were about to go back when some bad guys came out of the cave. The bad guys went down to check out the campground as well as to guard the lake. There were three bad guys inside the cave and the detective brothers realized the only way to go was in and free the 17 hostages. When we left the story, the family was inside the cave and all around them, the walls shimmered with diamonds. Henry put his finger to his lips and whispered, We've got to be very quiet. We don't know how far away the bad guys are. Henry's dad turned around to agree. And when he was doing that, his backpack knocked the rail cart full of diamonds. A bunch of diamonds fell to the ground, making a lot of noise. Everybody froze. But they didn't hear any noises from farther down the cave. But a few seconds later, they noticed The rail cart was moving down the rail tracks. The tunnel had been built at a slight angle, which meant once moving, the rail cart would keep moving and ever so slowly start going faster. But it was a very, very quiet rail cart and it made no noise. In fact, As the detective brothers and their parents walked beside the rail cart, they noticed their footsteps made more noise than the cart. William looked at everybody and said, we'd be quieter if we were riding the cart. At first, the rest of the family did not like that idea. But very quickly, they realized that William was correct. Henry was the first one. He grabbed onto the side. There was a little ledge at the bottom by the wheels where he could put his feet. Then Alexander and William jumped on. Finally at the back were their parents. With the extra weight, the gravitational pull made the rail cart actually go faster and it started to pick up speed. It still wasn't going very fast, but they noticed it was accelerating. The tunnel was curved 
And as they came to different parts of the tunnel, they noticed there were branches that went off, but the branches didn't have any railroads there. It was actually starting to be kind of fun. And William leaned back and said, I like this. Everyone agreed this was a way to travel. They weren't going too fast. It was like the slow part of a roller coaster. Everyone was smiling and laughing until their mother said, oh no. Everyone looked at their mom and she pointed ahead. What are we gonna do? The brothers all looked ahead and realized why their mother was so excited. The tunnel shrunk down to just the width of the rail car. Alexander, Henry, and William would be knocked off the sides of the rail car. Luckily, Henry was quick thinking. He grabbed William's hand and pushed him onto the top of the rail car, and then he jumped up after him. On the other side, he grabbed the top of Alexander's backpack. The walls were coming so quick, but Henry pulled Alexander up. Alexander got on top of the diamonds just as they passed the shrinking walls. They were all safe. Everyone was relieved until Henry said, what happens if the roof shrinks down as well? And the brothers stared at him with horror. In addition, this part of the track was much steeper. And this little rail car started to go faster and faster and faster. Whereas before, before the brothers had been smiling, they all now were holding on to the sides of the rail car. Their knuckles were white. Their hands were sore. On the back, their parents had expressions of terror as they could barely hang on. This was not what they liked. All of a sudden, they heard the sound of rushing water. They thought maybe they were coming to the end. They noticed the light stopped up ahead and they thought this must be the end. Henry jokingly said, get ready to disembark this train. But as they got closer to the end, the rail car just kept picking up speed. And now none of the kids could see beyond the end of the lights. It was pitch black. The rail car was going too fast to jump off. The pitch of the track was too steep. The lights were a few seconds away from running out. They went faster and faster and faster and faster. And then they were in darkness. Their dad started to scream and Henry leaned over and covered his mouth. No sound, Dad. We don't know where the bad guys are. Just then, the track seemed to go straight down. The brothers and their parents felt like they were falling. Falling to what? Their death? They didn't know. They could hear the water rushing. They were getting closer and closer and closer to the water. The temperature was getting colder. There was a dampness in the air and the rail car was still accelerating. Diamonds were now falling off the sides. 
and the boys and their parents had to hang on with all their might. When Henry yelled, I think this might be the end. I love you all. The track evened out. And then it started going uphill. They started to slow down. They were still going very fast, but they weren't accelerating. They were decelerating. And in the distance, they could see some lights. Sure enough, they could see an entrance to the track. I hope we're going towards those lights, said Alex. Everyone nodded, but now they were worried. Would the rail car have enough momentum to get up this hill and reach those lights? Every second it seemed to be going slower and slower and slower. They were right near the top and the rail car was almost stopped. They realized they were on some sort of bridge high above an underground river. Henry said, we've got to get off here. Their parents went to step off the back. Henry yelled, not off the back. The rail car is going to start going back down the hill. It'll run you over. The brothers scampered up and over and got out on the other side. There was just enough space to see the rail ties where they could put their feet. Their parents came up over the diamonds. The rail car had stopped and was starting to go backwards. Their dad jumped off the other side. Their mother was transfixed by the diamonds. Get off there, mom! Henry yelled. Their mom took a handful of diamonds and put it in her pocket and jumped off just as the rail car started to hurtle down the hill. It was now a very tricky route to get to the top of the tunnel. In between each piece of wood was nothing but air. If anybody missed their step, they would fall off and fall hundreds of feet to what they thought was an underground river far below, but it could just be hard rocks. Slowly they got up to the rail tunnel and were happy to know the lights were back on and it was a very safe tunnel. The brothers walked down the tunnel and they could start to hear voices. It sounded like people were begging to be let go. They could also now hear the waterfall and they could see more light up ahead. They turned a corner and immediately Henry put up one of his hands, letting everyone know to stop. They peeked out. It was an enormous vaulted cave on the edge where people chained up to the wall. In the middle were the three bad guys. The bad guys were smoking cigarettes and throwing rocks at the prisoners. The prisoners were adults and kids, men and women, boys and girls. Some looked like they had been injured by the bad guys. The bad guys were three cruel men. But one of them said, let's just get out of here. Sell these diamonds. We can go live on a cruise ship. We never have to work again. The other two bad guys said, not yet. There are billions of dollars worth of diamonds on these walls. We're not leaving till we get them all. But I can't spend a billion dollars. 
said the one bad guy, he had an enormous oval head with hair the color of corn. He had two big front teeth and he didn't seem as menacing as the other two who were strong and square. You could tell those two bad guys like to fight. Henry stepped back with the brothers and their parents and they walked part way down the tunnel. What do we do? said Henry. Alex said, I don't know. William had the best idea. We need to separate them. We can't defeat all three, but we can probably defeat one of them. Good idea, said their dad. How do we do it? The brothers started discussing and came up with a plan that they'd pretend to be another bad guy asking for help. Luckily, they had heard that one of the bad guy's name was Marco. They thought Marco was one of the big guys, but they weren't sure. The brothers turned off some of the lights in the tunnel. That would allow them to have some surprise. They also still had their bear spray, which they could use, but the bear spray might injure them as well. So they decided to pick up rocks as well as they had two small hatchets that could be used as hammers. The brothers and their parents were now all ready. Their dad put on a voice. Hey, Marco, get out here. What the heck did you do? You can't leave it like this. They heard some grumbling. What did you do, Marco? I didn't do anything. I don't know why I'm getting in trouble. Tell him, tell him till you're not gonna do anything then. No, I don't wanna cause a problem. I'll go and see what happens. I wouldn't go if I were you. Of course you wouldn't go, Mike. You're frightened of all this stuff. I'm not frightened. I'll go with you. No, stay here. If I need any help, I'll call you. Marco walked out and turned the corner. Oh, the lights are out again. What's going on? He walked down the tunnel. What do you need, boss? He yelled. As he turned a slight corner from up above came the back of a hatchet. Not the sharp part, but the dull part. It's like a big hammer. It crammed Marco right on the head. All he had time to say was, he was knocked out. He was on the ground, but the brothers didn't know how long a person stayed knocked out for. They were really uncertain. They looked at each other. What should we do? Luckily, Henry had some string in his backpack. Everyone looked, Henry, do you have everything in your backpack? He looked at them. You've always got to be prepared. It wasn't just string. It was parachute cords that could be used for very, very interesting purposes. Henry quickly tied up this Marco fella's arms and legs, and they took an old smelly sock and put it in his mouth. Even if he did wake up, he wouldn't be able to make much noise. With that, they continued down. They realized this might work again. Their dad made the same call. 
Hey, you two, get out here and help me. They could hear the two bad guys talking. What's going on? I don't want to go out there. But you said you would. He wants both of us. Let's go. This time, the detective brothers and their parents had a different idea. They were going to let the bad guys go past them. Then, they were going to use their bear spray on them. And then quickly run away. In addition, their mom had covered the ground with little tiny diamonds. The same thing happened as these two bad guys came out. Ah, oh, the lights are out. Marco, where are you? Their dad dropped his voice so it sounded like he was far away. He said, I'm way down here, get down here. The two bad guys walked right by the detective brothers and their parents. The detective brother's mom, for no good reason, reached up with her hatchet and took the blunt side down on the skinny guy's head. Hey! He fell to the ground. Just then the last bad guy turned around and their dad sprayed pepper spray right in his face. Ah! He yelled. This was bear spray. If it was good enough to do that to a bear, imagine what it would do to a person. They heard him running far away from the bear spray. Running, running. And then he ran out of the tunnel. Ah! He yelled and landed in water, it sounded like. They heard an enormous splash. They quickly tied up the skinny bad guy. They were both still unconscious from getting hit in the head. The detective brother's dad looked at their mom. Why did you hit him in the head? He said. Their mother said, I am so angry with these men that I just couldn't stop. They deserve to get hit in the head for being naughty. Henry, Alex, and William looked at each other and they started laughing. They knew that their mom did not enjoy all of the trouble these bad guys had put them through. The detective brothers checked on the bad guys one more time. They made sure all the knots were tight. There was no way these bad guys would escape. Then they walked into the big room. 17 sets of eyes looked up at them with a mixture of fear, wonder, excitement. Finally, somebody said, who, who, who are you guys? Alexander stepped out and said first, we're the detective brothers. We've come here to save you. Some of the prisoners started crying. Others couldn't believe what they were hearing. They were so happy. A few were crying. Their dad went from prisoner to prisoner. Luckily, these bad guys had been so dumb, they'd left all the keys on a hook nearby. They freed all the prisoners, but there was still a problem. How could they get back down past the four other bad guys. Sure, they were now 22 people total, but they had no weapons and all the prisoners were very, very weak. As they were wondering, they heard a buzzing sound. They walked back out and found one of the bad guys. He had a satellite phone on his belt. They picked up the phone. They did not answer it. They let it ring out. 
they got to the edge of the cave and they dialed 911. They got an emergency operator and explained what happened. But because it was William talking, the operator hung up thinking she was being prank called. Then their dad went on and explained. And the operator again thought she was being pranked. The prisoners, the detective brothers and their parents couldn't believe what was happening. Then Henry brought up his iPhone. He looked on his recent calls. Sure enough, when he had talked to the park superintendent, he had called from his office phone. They input that number into the satellite phone and press dial. There was only a little bit of power left in the phone. They could see there was only 1% power left in the satellite phone. They didn't know what to do. It rang once, it rang twice. Hello, said the park superintendent. Henry said quickly, this is Henry from the detective brothers. We're up at a cave behind the waterfall above Hidden Lake. We've stopped three of the bad guys. Two bad guys are down at the backcountry campground. Two are guarding the entrance to a cave. It's on a path up from Hidden Lake. It's hard to see. It's to the right of the waterfall. Please come and help us. Okay, Henry. Thank you. I... The line went dead. Henry didn't know if there were other instructions. I don't know what to do, everybody, he said. Should we wait here? Should we go out? I don't know. Their dad stepped up. Let's wait here for a bit. I think we should drag the bad guys back here and put them in the chains though. What does everyone else think? Everyone agreed. A couple of the prisoners were taken off their socks as they did this. The detective brother's mom said, what are you doing? They looked at their, at their mom. Those bad guys were so mean. I want to make sure they have my stinky sock in their mouth. Me too. Before they knew it, all the prisoners had take off their stunky socks and had them in a pile. They dragged the bad guys back and they locked them up. Even if the bad guys came back to consciousness, they wouldn't be able to do anything. They had each arm and each foot in a different cuff and they were all tied to the wall. The rest of the day was spent listening and hoping the rangers and police would show up. At one point they were sure they heard a helicopter, but then they thought it was just the waterfall. A bit later they thought they heard some yelling, but it was hard to make out because of the waterfall. Every 10 minutes they changed the guard who was at the end of the tunnel to make sure nobody was coming. Every time the new, the old guard came back and said, there's nobody there. I haven't heard a thing. It was already dark when they definitely heard some voices. The voices were on the other side of the waterfall and they were certain they could hear a helicopter. They were looking at the wall of water coming down, covering the opening of the cave. They could stick their hands out and feel the water, but they didn't dare to do that because they knew the power might knock them off balance and they'd fall into the waterfall and plummet to their death. 
Just then, a figure was visible in the waterfall. What could this be? There was a figure and he was standing on a platform. He came in, he said, Howdy everybody, I'm Fire Marshal Carl. Everyone couldn't believe what they're seeing. How, how did you do this? Said Henry. That was not here earlier today, said Alex. William just said, hi, Fire Marshal Carl. He said, we're gonna take three of you out at a time. We've got this genie boom, which we choppered in. It's just far enough, but I gotta warn you, you're gonna get a bit wet. Everyone laughed. They were okay with getting wet. They just wanted to get out of here. The first three to get on were the three oldest people who were struggling just to stay awake. Fire Marshal Carl came back and took three more, then three more. Soon, it was Alexander and William's turn. They went with their dad. As they went through the water, Alexander was loving all the water and laughing. They got to the other side and saw what the genie boom was. It was a, like a little blue car with a long crane attached to it and a little place for people to stand. It dropped them off on the edge of Hidden Lake and went back up and got the rest of the family. Luckily, there were lots of dry clothes by the side of the lake and there were emergency crews there who had started making some food. A helicopter landed and was taking injured prisoners away. The superintendent of the park came up and saw the detective brothers. There were tears in his eyes. You three boys saved 17 people, caught three of the baddest bad guys, and best of all, you found all these diamonds. These diamonds are gonna allow us to save the park forever. He was bawling his eyes out. As he was crying, the detective brothers noticed four bad guys in chains being led to a police helicopter that had a jail inside it. The detective brothers smiled. They got into a helicopter soon that stopped at the campground. They packed up their tent and took the helicopter all the way back to their car. When they got there, there were hundreds of TV cameras and photographers. Everyone wanted to talk to Henry, Alexander and William about what they'd done. Henry saw himself on the news the next day as he was having his waffles in front of the TV. Henry told the news anchor, we were just out there trying to solve another mystery. We didn't expect to save 17 people and discover the richest diamonds in the world or to catch seven bad guys. We just wanted to help these people. Henry put his arms around his brothers. Their parents came by and put their arms around the kids. The whole family was really happy and the boys knew their record of solving every case they were given remained intact. The end. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe and give us a rating. This podcast and all the ideas and characters are copyrighted by myself, Richard. Bye-bye.